morning. It is really good to see everybody here today because uh, y'all are brave. It's cold. Uh, we, we do. I know some, there are some uh, not in the audience from Blair. I know my mother-in-law's here. She's uh, she, she going to be 84 this year. So when it gets this cold, I, you know, I, I can understand when she says, I'm not going out in this. Uh, but um, yes, it's good to see everybody. Why are we here? You know, uh, we're here to encourage each other, right? There's a lot of ideas we could toss out. We're here to uh, build each other up. We're here in obedience. But, but when you look at all of this reason or that reason or whatever, what it really boils down to is that we are here to express together our adoration and love for God. We are told in Matthew chapter 22, in Mark chapter 12, and Luke chapter 10 that we we are to love God with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with all of our soul, and with all of our strength. And that ultimately is what we're doing. We are here together serving God. You know, as we start the, uh, the, the new year here, let me get my button here. There we go. As we start the new year here, I believe that we need some positive stuff. Amen? I mean, let's say amen again. We need some positive stuff. You know, the past, uh, the past few years have inundated us with negative stuff. And, you know, if I'm going to say that, I, I, we could go, we could spend a lot of time, but I want to share with you just some negative things so that we have the contrast of where we have been in some ways where we are but most of all where we can go in america there is a 200 billion dollar industry in human trafficking 75% of this is women. The other 25% is children. It is an absolutely ugly thing that Satan has going on. We prayed last week for a young girl who is dealing with leukemia. A mother should not have to watch her 10-year-old daughter go through that. Those kinds of things are going to be with us. We have a great task before us, and that is to share a great message of hope. We need a message that will resonate with us as individual servants of God, with the communities in which we live, and with the world around us. We need a message that is going to give people what we all so greatly need right now, that is hope. We will never escape bad news. Uh, that is a stark reality. But there, there's always hope, is there not? We have a rapidly advancing medical industry 
Who knows? Maybe in our own lifetimes, they will come up with a cure for cancers like leukemia. Until that happens, we need to know that regardless of whatever difficulty we face, let me say that again, it makes no difference what each of us go through. There is and always will be, because of the God we serve, hope. <clears throat> I'm going to share with you just a little uh, story here. Because uh, it, it kind of anecdotally expresses the neat thing about hope. I'm going to come out here. Sometimes you get tired of this thing. I like to wander around sometimes. When I was uh, in the military, I joined the military when I was really young, and I had been on Okinawa for four months um, before I had celebrated my 18th birthday. And I was looking forward to a particular gift that I would be receiving. My grandma made the best peanut butter you know, the food was okay on Okinawa, and a lot of times we would spend what money we had at the USO because they made a really good cheeseburger there. Uh, uh, but I was looking forward to some homemade food. Can y'all hear me all right? You're going to hear me now. Oh, you're not. We are going. Okay, there we go. All right. Anyway... I was really excited about getting this gift. It came in one of those, some of you will remember this, some of you won't because you've never seen them, but it was a half-gallon carton uh, milk container. And I know that Grandma packed them best she could to make that flight from Denver to Okinawa. Um, but they were, they were pretty crunched up when I got there. I didn't care. I went straight to the PX, I got me some milk, and I sat down and ate that entire box. Yeah, that was some good stuff. Because that gift, it allowed me to have hope that someday I'd get home and have another homemade meal. I wasn't a Christian back then. That was... Uh, uh, that was but for me, at that age in my life, that was a pretty good idea of what hope is. I really see what hope is now when we look at what Christ offers. Uh, because our cup runneth over, does it not? Um, <clears throat> there is a... Uh, This is one of those subjects in Scripture where you have to say, okay, where are we going to go? If we're going to talk about hope, do we go here, do we go there, do we go, you know? And, and honestly, if, if, if y'all were to go through a class on hope, you could have, uh, what's 52 times 3? Sunday morning, Sunday evening, Wednesday class. You could actually look at a different aspect of hope through the whole year. And it would be awesome, you know. 
Uh, there is, I'm going to go through this list. It's going to be kind of quick. Um, I got this from a campus ministry. It's a list of studies that they have, but every single one of them comes from the Gospels. Every single one of them has a message of hope. So, uh, oh, oh, so here you go. You won't be able to take notes because I'm going to go that fast, but you can go back and look at it later and stop and pause, whatever. Jesus came to save us. These are all from, this, this list is from Matthew. Jesus came to save us, Matthew chapter 1. Jesus leads us in the best life, Matthew chapter 7. Jesus can help us with our lives. Do, do our lives need help? Amen. Do we have hope because Jesus can help us? Amen. Jesus understands our hearts. Jesus teaches us about heaven and hell. It is important for us to be able to have a choice. Because if we don't have these choices before us, how can we choose the hope that he has for us, right? He continues, Jesus died for us. Jesus rose from the dead, from Mark. Jesus forgives and heals, Mark chapter 2. Jesus understands our heart, Mark chapter 4. Jesus has the power over evil spirits, Mark 5. Jesus cares about our needs, Mark 6. Jesus tells us about true life, chapter 8. Jesus is better than anything. Mark 10. Jesus is worth our everything. Mark 14. Some of the things have, are going to start repeating here, so I'm not going to repeat those. But from Luke 7, Jesus gives us second chances. Jesus tells us about God's love. Jesus wants your heart. He wants your heart. Jesus can change our lives. He invites us to heaven. I appreciate the song that we just sang. You know, there's something cool about songs. When I, you know, Zion, when are we going to be there? I like the fact that that song takes it for granted that when we sing that, it's not a question. We're going, we just want to know when. Right? You know, it says Scripture teaches... Where two or more are gathered, there I am in the midst of us. There is a, and you probably know this, but y'all ever, raise your hand, you heard of the fifth chord? The fifth chord is a phenomena that only takes place in four-part harmony singing like we do. Because when we hit that, those four parts just in the right way, there's actually a fifth chord created. It's an awesome thing. It reminds me that when we are singing, Jesus is that fifth chord. From John, he has the power to help us. Uh, he has the power over death. He is the way to God. Jesus died for us. You get the idea that there's all kind of different directions that we could go when it comes to talking about hope? Hope is, hope is available. It is given to us in a lot of different ways. So what we're going to do is we're going to go to this passage. We'll spend the rest of our time here this morning looking at Romans chapter 15, verse 4, because it says, for whatever was written before... Uh, in earlier times was written for our instruction that we, through perseverance and encouragement of the Scriptures, might have hope.
There is something, there is something good about, uh, about, the, uh, about the past. Because the past, it reminds us of things. Y'all uh, ever hear of, Le uh, there's a company called Legacy Box? I, I like what they do. I like the service they provide uh, because we have VCR tapes that we can't watch anymore, um, but they're of our boys when they were real small um, in different things. We lived in San Antonio for a while. We had a slight hill up the back, and, and so we have pictures of them running up to play in the sandbox and then rolling down the hill, you know, and uh, it, it's just those kinds of memories. But but those kinds of memories can be an encouraging thing for us. And so here's, here's some ex historical examples of people that uh, I, I guess we could say they tell us some things about hope because the way that they behaved knew that there was something beyond the difficulty that they were at that point dealing with. And the first one that I come up with is Abraham. Why did Abraham hope, or what did Abraham hope in when he was instructed by God to sacrifice his son? You know, his son was not naive because when Abraham took him and the wood for fire to a place where they were going to sacrifice, what did Isaiah say? I mean, what, is it, what did his son say? That's right. Where is it? Here's, here's the expression of hope in that story. Because when the question was given to dad, dad said this, God will provide. Abraham said that twice in Genesis chapter 22, at the question when asked and then when everything transpired, when God did provide, that was the name. God will provide. That was the name that Abraham gave to that place. I have a quest before me that God willing, I'll be able to do, but sometime toward the end of July, I'm going to take a drive a motorcycle to uh, Denali, Alaska, and <clears throat> so I want to put personalized tags on there, just as as an icebreaker to the various places I'm going to stop, the people that I'm going to be visiting with, the uh, the friends that I hope to make along this. And, you know, I think I've settled on, on the plate I want to put on my bike. It's going to be hope. That's what it's going to be. And so when people ask about it or whatever, if it, if it serves to be the icebreaker, we're going to have a really good conversation. That's what I'm hoping for anyway. Um, how about Gideon? Gideon is another person that we need to think about when we're talking about hope because in whom did Gideon hope when the Lord's angel told him to go and free the Israelites from their oppressive enemy? 
Daniel, in whom did he hope when he was thrust into the lion's den? Here's, 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 a, here's a really good one. Uh, Mordecai is an interesting fellow with an interesting story. Um, <clears throat> he's an Israelite exile raising an orphan girl as his own daughter who turns out to be a bride to a king who ends up saving an entire nation from certain genocide. In whom did he hope? That's a great, that's a great story. Uh, yeah, read, read, read all of the book of Esther. That's a, that's a really good one. You know, there's a whole lot of different places that we can go in, uh, in our Bible to inspire us regarding these hope situations. But what I want us to see is not just what they went through, but how that relates to us. So when Abraham was in a situation where he's told to go and sacrifice his son, and, and his son says, God will provide, you ever find yourself in a situation where you think, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. My wife has a new job, and we've got a really old vehicle, and uh, so we're looking to replace that. And you look at the price of used cars, a 15-year-old Ford Ranger, $10,000. What? So we're in shock, you know, but we tell ourselves, it's okay, God will provide. It's okay. She keeps telling me, you can't ride your motorcycle in the winter. Okay, fine. If the roads are really bad, I'll walk to work. It's only 20 minutes. God will provide, right? Um, what about... A, do we not have oppressive enemies? We talked about this last week. It was in Bible class and, 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 and mentioned from the pulpit. There are people who think that what we do is dumb. They don't believe in, in God. Can we not consider them to be oppressive enemies? And I'll tell you what, folks, the farther away Christians get from sharing this hope that we're talking about this morning, the world is only going to get more oppressive. That's a fact. We can count on that. We don't have to hope in that because that's going to happen. People need this. You know, when, when Jesus teaches the fact that there's a heaven and a hell, we, I don't want to go there. From what I understand about what Scripture teaches about this place, it's dark. I have been in caves that were so absent of light, you could put your hand right in front of your face like this and not see it. That's what hell is going to be like. It is so hot that we're told in the book of Luke that a man asks for one drop of water on his tongue that would make all the difference in the world to him, and he can't have it. We don't want to go there. 
and we don't want our neighbors to go there, and we don't want anyone else to go there. And it's up to us to let them know that there is hope in something entirely different. In whom do you hope? Psalm, there's a, in, in Psalms, there's a, a, a couple of verses in chapter 42 and then one in verse 43. And, and I believe that chapters 42 and 43 are all a part of the same song uh, that uh, uh, the sons of Korah wrote. And, and it starts out as the deer pants for the water. And we sing that song, right? As the deer pants. We, we sing that song. But what it's, what it's saying here is that there is despair. That deer is thirsting. And, and it's to illustrate our own thirst. And so what the psalmist shares here in this song, in verse 5, Why are you in despair, O my soul? And why have you become disturbed within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him for the help of His presence. Because God is spirit, can we ever be away from Him? Can we go here? Can we go there? Can we, can we hide here? Can we hide there? Can we ever escape the presence of God? No. Not at all. As try as we might. It can't happen. Down in verse 11, the same thing. And, and I, I think that verse 5, verse 11, and in Psalm 43, uh, uh, verse 5, I believe that those are the, uh, the it's the chorus for the song. Because he says here, why are you, again, why are you in despair, O my soul? And why have you become disturbed within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise Him, the help of my countenance and my God. Verse 5 in Psalm 43. Why are you in despair, O my soul? And why are you disturbed within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him, the help of my countenance and my God. In whom do you hope? Do you have the same hope of Abraham and Gideon and uh, David and Mordecai and, 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 and Paul and John and James and the list goes on, does it not? <clears throat> we need to persevere. In, uh, turn your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. In Ephesians uh, 6, you're familiar with what takes place here when Paul is summarizing his, uh, his letter to the Ephesians. He, uh, he tells them to wear a certain, uh, a certain clothing because he says in verse 10, Finally, brethren, so after everything that he shared with them in the previous portion of this letter, he's summarizing by telling them uh, uh, about a wardrobe. And so what he's saying is, wear this, wear this every day, and it will solve the issues of those things that we've just discussed, okay? So he says here, be strong in the Lord in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God. Why? That you may, may be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God that you may be able to resist 
resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. Everything, that's perseverance, right? Doing everything. Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition to all, taking up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming missiles of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And so what he says here in verse 18 with all prayer and petition. How much prayer? How much petition? With all prayer and petition. Pray at all times in the Spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. Perseverance is... Uh, it, it's, it's doing that stuff when you're when you're just kind of tired, you know. Um, let me, there's another story of perseverance. When I first started preaching, uh, it was in Montana. And uh, the winters can be kind of tough there. Uh, as a matter of fact, the first winter that we experienced, it snowed in April and did not leave our street until, I mean, it snowed in October and did not leave our street street until April. Um, uh, so, you know, that's, that's six months of not seeing the pavement. It gets cold. We had a lady that worshipped with us, and she lived 95 miles away. And it had to be deep snow for her not to be there. That's, that's encouraging. That, that's just, that's an awesome thing to see, you know. Uh, and so anyway, turn to Luke 8. Uh, Luke eight. In, in Luke's passage here, this is a portion of Scripture that's talking about the parable of the soils. And, and when, uh, when Luke, uh, when Jesus goes to explain the parable of the soils here, at, at, the, at the end of it, this is what he says in verse 15, Okay. The seed is the good soil. These are the ones who have heard the word in an honest and good heart and hold it fast and bear fruit with perseverance. Perseverance. Ah, yeah, perseverance. Let's look, at, let's look at the next portion of this text because what we find here is encouragement. So, so <clears throat> encouragement that's something else that we're doing here. When we sing, we are encouraging each other, right? Uh, we are worshiping God in that, but it's encouraging to sing to each other. My wife, when she was doing mission work in South Africa, there were places where they would go where the seating would be different um, because they took it literally, this passage, sing to each other. We can't, it's difficult for us to sing to that directional word there, to each other, if all of us are pointed this way. We are all singing to the song leader, basically, and he is singing to us. So they had their, their seating was arranged differently. And so you get to see the faces and, and, and you know, the smiles and uh, the love come through the eyes, you know, as they're singing to each other other. Uh, 
encouragement. Let's look at, look at a couple of psalms here. This one comes from the 119th psalm. Uh, while I'm turning over there, just a freebie. Uh, if you want to learn the Hebrew alphabet, uh, go to the uh, 119th psalm and go through uh, each of uh, those sections there. You'll learn the Hebrew alphabet. Uh, psalm 119, verse 49. This is what it says here. Remember the word to thy servant. This is actually a, a request that's being given to God. Remember the word to thy servant in which you have made me hope. We get hope from God's word. We get hope from the things that are written herein. Hope is given to us in the very first passage of the Bible. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. I, there's, there's, a, there's an interesting way, uh, too, because we see God's power there, um, but we also get to see God's intelligence there. Uh, and that's hopeful, because what we do isn't based on some stupid thought, Right? Science is there. What, there are five things that every science experiment must have. It has to have time, space, energy, force, and matter. All five of those are in the first verse, right? We have God, energy, in the beginning, time, created, force, heavens, space, earth, matter. That's pretty smart stuff. I find hope in that. Because when I see that the scripture starts out with something like that, I know that his plan, when he gets to Genesis chapter 3, after Adam and Eve mess up and leave us in the cold, because back then, I think it was a constant like Florida temperature, you know, about 70-something year round. Um. So God starts this plan in Genesis chapter 3 when he promises Jesus at that point. That leads us to Colossians. Turn to Colossians chapter 1. Uh, we're going to look at this passage before we move on to the, uh, to the next slide here. But verses 3 through 6 is the uh, kind of context there that... that uh, the actual verse that I want us to see here in Colossians, um, where is it here? Well, let's, let's, let's just read here. We give thanks to God the Father. This is Colossians chapter 1, beginning uh, in verse 3. We give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love which you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven of which you previously heard in the word of truth, the gospel, which has come to you just as in all the world also it is constantly bearing fruit and increasing even as it has been doing in you also since the day you heard of it and understood the grace of God in truth. For just as you heard it from Epaphras, our uh, beloved uh, bondservant, who's a faithful servant of Christ on our behalf and also informed us of your love uh, in the Spirit. This encouragement that we have comes to us through, uh, from God's Word. We are, we are 
constantly being uh, uh, fed that, encouraged that, it enables us to bear fruit, that passage there in verse 6. And so God is always encouraging us. Very important for us to continue that pattern. In the last part of Romans chapter 15, verse 4, there's a promise. There is promise given to us. And, and promise also uh, bears with hope. Because if you promise somebody something, that individual is looking forward to that, right? Um, and so that's, there's hope there. They, they get to put that uh, basically in their hands. In Acts chapter 26, Paul is on trial. Why? For the promise of hope. That's why, that's why, uh, that's why they're giving him a hard time there. But, uh, but in Ephesians chapter 2, uh, verse, look at verse 12. In Ephesians chapter 2, this is a negative story with a... Uh, uh, that focuses on something that is positive, okay? And that's, that's what we're supposed to gather from this. But in chapter 2, verse 12, it says here, remember that you were at that time separate from Christ, excluded from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Okay, so because of the situation his audience was dealing with, Notice what they are, they were absent from. They have no attachment to Christ. They're separate from Him. When we were in our Bible class this morning, it started out talking about false gospels. Um, I'm going to be meeting with a couple of missionaries Tuesday to to discuss the gospel. But, but I, I, I think I'm going to use uh, uh, an example that came into mind that from the class. What I want to do in that is to go to the various passages that talk about, uh, that show the examples of false teachers, that show the result of false doctrines, that show the result of what it is to be absent of Christ and then pose the question why are there so many religions because if Jesus only created one Matthew chapter 16 what's what's with the others right because if they're teaching a false gospel are they not excluded from Christ the worst let, no let me phrase it this way the best thing that Satan has ever done in, in what he, uh, in, in his goals of trying to keep us from God, the best thing that he's ever done is described in the Corinthian letter when it tells us there that he has disguised himself as an angel of light. And what that means is if if, this, if Satan can get somebody to believe in God and do so in a wrong way, he still wins. How horrible is that? It 
excluded from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers to the covenants of promise. We talked a little bit. What, uh, what did we say a covenant was this morning? Some, uh, someone said a contract. It's like a, it's a pact. And basically what it is, uh, is, is that if we are given a, uh, a statement in Scripture that is coupled with a promise, basically what it says is, if you do this, God says, I will give you this. Right? If you believe... You can be saved. Is that the only promise? No. If you are baptized, you can be saved. Those are both from Mark chapter 16. But, but there's other ones. If you do this, you can have this. Those are covenants. And if somebody is separate from Christ, it doesn't matter how many promises you read in Scripture. Because the Ephesian letter tells us absolutely every single blessing that we are given is only given to us if we are in Christ. Is that not what he says here? In him. You also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise. How? Look at Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Who is given as a pledge of our inheritance with a view to the redemption of God's own possession to the praise of his glory. There are no spiritual blessings outside of Christ. That person is separate from Christ. And so, what... Paul is telling the Ephesians here is that if you are in Christ, you are not separate from him, but you are coupled with him. Because the Galatian letter, oh, this passage just came in my head here. We've got to go over here. Galatians chapter uh, 3, verse 27. All of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. That's how we get in Christ. And when we're in Christ, we're no longer separate from him. And we have all of that hope. What robs, what takes away hope from us? How about forgetting the past? There's, that's, that's just a wrong thing. You know, it was mentioned in our Bible class this morning that, and I, and I want to reiterate or just add something to that discussion because when it says there that we are not supposed to, according to the uh, Galatians context, we're not supposed to add old covenant practices to New Testament worship. Uh, any aspect of the Old Testament worship that's added to New Testament worship, it it, it, it changes it. It alters it. It, is, it becomes a gospel that uh, was not preached to the Galatians by Paul, right? Um, it's not to say that those aspects of worship are not a part of what we do. They were told to use music in the worship service. We do also. We sing. They did it the Old Covenant way. We do it the New Covenant way. They were told to have sacrifices as a part of their worship. We do it the New Covenant way. They do it the Old Covenant way. 
uh, we, we're small enough still in Blair, we, you know, we'll, we pass the plate, the collection plate. Um, and, <clears throat> but there are congregations, and, and similar to what's going on here, and, and it's kind of a neat idea, because we aren't supposed to let the left hand know what the right hand's doing uh, sometimes. And, and so a, a box where nobody has a clue, because when you do the collection plate, you know, it's, you can, okay, you can kind of see what's in there, right? Um, it's not exactly letting left hand know what, anyway. The point is, is that it is sacrifice. That's just a portion of it. We sacrifice time. We, we sacrifice resources. We, we know what it is to sacrifice, okay? Anyway. We need to do those things. How about indecisiveness or hesitancy in one's faith? How many have left the worship service and you, you, even, you might even just get to the parking lot and think, man, I should have gone forward and asked for some help with some decisions I've been making, and you didn't do it. How many have said, you know, should have been baptized today. I know I need to do it. But you didn't do it. If it's, it's possible to, that can have an adverse effect on your hope, right? God, does God not want us to have hope? How about neither giving nor accepting encouragement? Um, what, is it just me or do we see more and more folks today, you say hi to them and they just right by. Um, you know, I did that a couple of weeks ago. Hello. And they just, and I don't know, maybe they're deaf. Uh, we, our dog Sebastian's deaf as a doorknob. You know, that dog will do some stuff and you, stop. He can't hear, you know, right down the hallway uh, kind of thing. Um, so, but I, Hello, again, you know, to see if maybe I didn't say it loud enough or whatever. It, um, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe, it's just, maybe it's just this last one on here. Folks just, they just want to disregard the things that God has for us. I don't know. I will say this, though. We need hope, right? Let's start the new year with some good stuff. Uh, just thanking God for the promises that he has given us. So if there's any way that we can encourage you in grasping on to some hope, let us know this morning while we stand and sing.